Hey, Ampies, Morgan here, coming at you with the intro. This week, we are covering episodes 11 and 12 of season two of The Vampire Diaries, By the Light of the Moon and The Descent. According to IMDb, By the Light of the Moon is an episode where, as the full moon nears, Caroline helps Tyler prepare for transformation. Damon and Alaric are suspicious when a stranger shows looking for Mason. Whereas The Descent is an episode where, while Damon tries to get the truth out of Jules, he asks Elena to keep an eye on Rose, a situation that turns unexpectedly dangerous. Dun dun dun. Now, without further ado, The Empire Diaries. <laughs> Welcome to The Empire Diaries. We know the risk, but we have the podcast. Uh, I am LaToya Ferguson, one of your hosts. I'm Morgan Ludich. And I'm Jill Dayfield. And today we are talking about episodes 11 and 12 of season two of The Vampire Diaries, By the Light of the Moon and The Descent. But before we get into this, I just want to say, like, right after we finished recording our last episode, I finally, like, realized what exactly was my issue with Damon, like, being forceful with Elena. Mm. And it was that, like, it reminded me a lot of the way he treated Caroline in season one. And that was bad to me. Fair enough. (laughs) Yes. That is, yeah. (laughs) I would also like to apologize to all the listeners for the 10 minutes we spent talking about Brass Knuckles last episode. I would like to say you're welcome to the audience about the 10 minutes we spent talking about Brass Knuckles. <laughs> uh, but we have a, a treat for the audience today because, uh, Jill, how did you feel about these episodes? Any episode that gives me this much, Tyler, is pop notch in my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's <laughs> all I wanted. Oh, wow. Um, have a turns table for sure. <laughs> Amazing, Jill. Uh, do you want to go on more besides just the Tyler of it all? I mean, that's the most important part. But I mean, yeah, I was I was a bit down last the last two episodes. I was not a big fan. Um, was hoping it could bounce back, and it did. <laughs> but they were these were good, but very painful. <laughs> weren't they? Weren't they just pain? Yeah, bad ones for sure. <laughs> these episodes really fucking hurt. I definitely cried in the descent. It, it forced me to cry. Yeah, you're only human. Yeah, I cried so hard. My wife, my beautiful wife. Rip. We also were introduced in these episodes to the character I've been teasing that I hate so fucking much. <laughs> Jules, uh, aka Miss June, as Jill wrote in the chat. I couldn't remember her name, so she was just Miss June. An absolutely anti-Miss June podcast, for sure. <laughs> I definitely uh, looked up before this uh, to check if the actress, Michaela McManus, was like a model turned actor. And I couldn't see anything about modeling. So I feel like Miss June, though, is very apt to what I was searching. She does have a very Miss June energy. As always, Jill's nicknames capture something like unsayable about people and put them into words that I can understand. Literally, I was just say by the time we're done with this show, but like by the time we're like in season four, uh, the nicknames are going to become inscrutable. No one will understand what we're saying in this podcast. <laughs> It'd be better, I think, for all of us if no one understood what we were saying. <laughs> yeah, our chat got uh, deeply rowdy, so I will try to stay on it and read some. We were kind of moving like a mile a minute in the chat this time. 
we truly were. Let me just, I'm pouring myself more uh, beverage right now. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and I see that Jill wrote, I understand why you guys were clowning Jeremy in the first season. <laughs> I just, God. I want him nowhere near anyone. <laughs> You're like, stop looking at Bonnie like that. Stop looking at Elena, your sister, like that. Yeah. Stop looking. Shut your eyes. <laughs> Shut your eyes. Close your eyes, Jeremy. I, I think I figured out something and I just like didn't have time to type it in the chat. And I think it might be that I don't like Jeremy. The, the, what, I, what I don't like about Jeremy is that there are no levels to him. He's always like the same level of like angsty and indignant about everything. Like even if it's like a tiny thing, like Damon's over and he doesn't like Damon. Or if it's like Elena wants to die. Like he's still just like, huh, uh. So that's what you're going to do to everyone all the time, always. And I'm like, yeah, Jeremy, that's what they're going to do. It's called a TV show. Get in. (laughs) But part of that is also, and we try to be nice mostly, like Stephen R. McQueen is the weakest actor on the show. That's a big part of it. I mean, he's like, he's the youngest cast member. Like that can't be easy. Like how many, how much stuff had he done before this? Like this was pretty early for him, right? Yeah, and I'm going to check something out real quick. Kat Graham, I believe, is actually the youngest cat mem- uh, cast member. Really? She was born in 89. She's younger than him? Yeah. I, I remember, like, Kat Graham was very young. Uh, it's, I think, okay, let's see, cast members. Okay, so Nina is like months, a few months older than Kat, because they were both, both born in 89. Yeah, a lot of 88 babies. Uh, Stephen R. McQueen's an 88 baby, like myself. So Candace in 87. Yeah. So, yep. Cat Graham is the, the youngest cast member. Wow. Okay. And Paul in 82 and Ian in 78. Old man. <laughs> yeah. The Empire Diaries uh, gives you all the information about the show you need, such as years cast members were born. <laughs> The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all. <laughs> this is what you listen to this podcast for. Not just our horniness, but our in-depth uh, Googling about the ages of them to discuss our horniness. It's great. It's great. It's good to know. Um, should we jump into the episode, gang? Let's do it. So we open with something Jill likes, which is Tyler. Tyler is freaking out. He's got the video of Mason uh, transforming on in the background. And he's calling Mason now on the landline because his cell phone's voicemail is all full. And uh, some bitch named Jules is there. Now, I would like to talk briefly about this. Tyler is not watching the video, but it is on in the background, which leads me to believe he's watching this for like background noise. And I'm like, you've seen it. It's unpleasant. Why are you watching it again? Like, this is like when I would, like, listen to Harry Potter audiobooks nonstop as a child. Like, what are you comforting yourself with here? Not a good idea, Tyler. Uh, true. He's just like, this is the sound he likes to hear. Uh, but also, I will say early on in this podcast, I will probably be calling Jules a bitch a lot. Uh, you probably know that we are a bunch of feminists on this podcast. So I'm not calling her that from, like, a place of internalized misogyny. I'm calling her that from a place of, uh... Jules is the worst. <laughs> uh, I'll call her a bastard if you want me to, honestly. I will call her a lot of names. She is the worst. She's kind of a dick. Yeah, she's a dick. Yeah, let's use uh, Vampire Diaries terminology. She's a fucking dick. Yeah, she's a dick. I'm not a fan. So Miss June is listening to this voicemail and, you know, her wheels are turning and she's planning on being a dick. <laughs> and was it at this point, Jill was just like, who is this? And she's like, is this the character you're I'm like, yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, poker face remains. I wasn't even going to pretend. I was like, yes, let's just get strap in, honestly. Truly. So we move on to Elena's bedroom. She's hanging out with Bonnie. She's looking at the moonstone. <laughs> and uh, Bonnie's like, okay, so this is what's binding the sun and the moon curse. So if I figure out how I can remove the spell from the stone, the stone will be useless. And Elena's like, but I want the D. And Bonnie's like, no, I agree with Stefan, which can't believe you're hearing that now uh, after a, a fraught first season. Yeah, uh, Bonnie's like, you may not have the D. <laughs> And in this case, guys, D is death. Just rem- reminding you all. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of the D, Jeremy walks in. <laughs> promptly tries to get the fuck out of there, which I approve of. <laughs> He's like, I need coffee. Bye. And I'm like, good. Get out of there, honey. <laughs> Jeremy's like, why do you want the D so much? And Elena's like, so that all of you don't get the D. Leave me alone. That literally is the conversation, though. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Jay basically asked E why she wants the D. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so then um, Elena, like, steals the moonstone from Bonnie's bag and runs downstairs. And Bonnie's like, where are you going? And she's like, definitely not, uh, you know, off to take the moonstone somewhere. And Bonnie's like, fuck. <laughs> Jeremy comes down the stairs in a full Kramer entrance and is like, <laughs> <laughs> I was screaming. You were like really caught up in the Kramer of it all. I really was. Um, I love talking about every show in the context of Seinfeld. It makes me laugh a lot. If friend of the show Michael Jason was here, he would do a full Seinfeld bit with me. That would probably need to be cut. So it's good that you're <laughs> here. <laughs> Uh, this is also the scene where Stephen R. McQueen goes from hugging an actress who's supposed to be his sister, weirdly, to looking at an actress who's supposed to be his sister, weirdly. Look, acting's hard. <laughs> Acting is hard, but like, you know how you're supposed to look at the characters you want to fuck and the characters who are supposed to be your sister, I would think. Yeah, it's a little odd. <laughs> But uh, then the big button on our scene is that Bonnie has, like, spelled the house so that Elena is trapped in it, which is very funny and a very good prank. It's such a good prank. Uh, And that's when Jeremy does the look that is inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my babes. So then back in the tomb, we've got uh, Damon visiting his brother and um, their (laughs) (laughs) ex-lover. He brought a care package with candles and lanterns and some blood. But Stefan's like, if you give that to me, I have to share it with her. And I don't want to do that. And Catherine is teasing them. He's like, you guys are pretty like calm considering Klaus is going to hunt you down and kill you. And David says, I've been dead before. I got over it. And he promises his brother, like, once we deal with the Moonstone, we'll get you out. And Stefan is very selfless and is like, just make sure Elena's safe. I love our Stefan impressions. Yeah, they're not very different from Damon's impression of Stefan that he does in the first season. Yeah. (laughs) When they're doing them back and forth. And I think that is a feature and not a bug. (laughs) So Jill, at this point in the episode, how are you feeling, uh, especially after those past two episodes? Um, Lukewarm. You were lukewarm at this part, even though we started with Tyler? We did start with Tyler and uh, his arms were looking good in that first scene. Um. So that was good. But I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I was warming up to everything. And I knew Tyler was going to be in pain. So I was like bracing myself. Oh, yeah. You were really worried about that going into this. Yeah. And you were not disappointed in your worry. Yeah. No, I uh, had every right to be worried. (laughs) 
No, yeah, this is not a not a good episode uh, in terms of ouchies. But uh, in speaking of Tyler, in our next scene, uh, he is leaving and he's like, bye, mom, I'm just leaving to go to the grill and not to be a werewolf. <laughs> and then he opens the door and there is Miss June. <laughs> she apologizes for being rude right away, which you'd think would mean she's polite, but she is not. <laughs> like, I'm Mason's friend. You must be Tyler. Um Tyler's like, it's cool to meet you. And June's like, by the way, your uncle's missing. <laughs> yep, he's not in Florida. And since we didn't really talk about it yet, uh, so uh, Miss June, aka Jules, is played by Michaela McManus, uh, who people mostly know from uh, One Tree Hill, one season of Law and Order SVU. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so Jules is Jules is new to town, but she's got a bone to pick with Tyler. A wolf has a bone to pick? Uh, this wolf has got a bone to pick. God, why didn't they let me do the promos for the show and they were they were just me talking to cameras saying nonsense? <laughs> yeah, it, instead of just like airing scenes like wildly out of order and out of context, it's just you talking about what the episode is actually about. Yeah, just me slobbering. Anyway... <laughs> One thing, I would say you like drooling over the show would be better than a lot of like the promotion the CW had at this time. <laughs> Look, thank you. <laughs> um, so then we're at the grill. Uh, Jenna and Alaric are, you know, having a meal together and being cute. Uh, Jenna men- mentions that she's going to, via the Historical Society, host some writer who's writing a book on small town Virginia. Uh, and she's like, yeah, sounds lame, but Carol made me do it. like she pulled the dead husband card which yeah i wish we could have seen that scene honestly i would have liked to have seen that scene but she's like this is an exposition bye and they're so cute we have written in the chat so cute because they are so cute so cute they're adorable i love them then we have a little like brief tyler caroline scene and tyler's like hey this like random woman showed up by the house and says that mason never made it back to florida which is terrifying and uh alaric and and caroline make meaningful eye contact uh and tyler and caroline get the fuck out of there and alaric immediately calls (laughs) damo he calls damon even though everyone's worried about him killing tyler Yep. So we're back at the Gilberts. Damon comes to visit Elena and he clowns on her for being stuck in the house a bunch, which is pretty funny. It is. It's pretty funny. He says, and I quote, I find hilarity in the lengths that I have to go to repeatedly save your life. <laughs> and then Jeremy thinks that like he and Damo are peers and he's like, we're cracking jokes together. And it's like, no. I'm like, shh, silent <laughs> child. <laughs> um... Elena's like, did you tell Stefan about Elijah being alive? And Damon's like, absolutely not. (laughs) He's stuck in a hole. I would not tell him that. Oh, this is the line that Michael laughed at. He's like, why didn't you tell him? And he goes, well, A, he can't do anything about it. And B, what I just said. (laughs) <laughs> which is a very uh, classic uh, Mr. Ian line reading. Yeah, these are some uh, good episodes for Mr. Ian, I will say. That is the truth. Uh, we kind of, <laughs> we talk about who has been delegated to deal with all of the crazy plates that are spinning right now. Like Bonnie's on Moonstone duty. Caroline is on Tyler duty, which Damon calls her Vampire Barbie. And he says, if she screws up, he'll bite her. And then I'll be rid of two of my problems. And I contemplate murder. <laughs> <laughs> And Damon, again, clowns Elena for her suicidal tendencies. I mean, there's a lot of clowning of Elena for her suicidal tendencies in both of these episodes. Which is maybe why they're so good. People are really <laughs> ripping into her these episodes. 
This, see, I can allow everyone on the show ripping into her. I can't allow um, quote unquote fans insulting her and calling her the worst. I'm like, no, she's the best because she wants the D so so much. She only wants the D because everyone else has been thirsting after the D like so hard on her behalf. Exactly. <laughs> then, uh, then Alara calls his best friend Damon and is like, hey, there's like a girl here <laughs> asking questions about Mason. And Damon's like, cool, let's day drink. <laughs> and that's friendship, you guys. Hell yeah, it is. It just sounds like our lives pre-quarantine. Guys, remember when we could go outside? <laughs> we started uh, season three of Gossip Girl and uh, the vibes have been insane. I've just been watching college parties and I've been like, oh yeah, remember that? Like being in a room with a bunch of people (laughs) we're doing great guys (laughs) oh no although to be fair i never walked into a party where uh good girls gone bad by cobra starship and leighton easter was playing while being leighton easter that is really iconic (laughs) (laughs) this is true this is so true so then we go to the woods and caroline and tyler are um talking about mason's disappearance and caroline is doing some gaslighting again she's like maybe he's surfing I bet he's fine. And Tyler's like, I mean, I guess we could table it because I have to turn into a wolf now. Uh, <laughs> I just, re- I literally, my only note for the scene is that Tyler says, let's do this to Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Jill, how are you feeling at this point in the episode? I love them. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I... Like, I don't think we anticipated how much Jill would love Tyler. We've anticipated her loving another character, but he, not Tyler. I am in deep with Tyler, you guys. It is not good. They're like your two halves. Like, the thing is, like, Damon's like the in-between point, but like, the other character and Tyler I think are like the two distillations of what Damon's kind of a combination of. Yeah. I think you're gonna be pleased. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Jill, honestly. I love it's ready for you. And I think, actually, because we didn't talk about uh, our original viewings of these episodes morgan mm-hmm. i definitely feel like at this time i was like kind of all, same as you all like all in on tyler like i was really feeling it it, it came out of nowhere because like trevino i'm not sure if it was exactly uh, the season before this but it probably was he was recurring like in the first season i think uh, first or second season of um the 90210 reboot oh yeah he was paired like basically as like a wrong side of the tracks boy with uh annalyn mccord's character and that's when he first got on my radar and i'm like yes i like this and then he showed up like on vampire diaries obviously and he's kind of just there mostly and then he's also a dick but then here i'm just like oh i love you i was um I, I I liked Tyler at this point. I was, like, very into the werewolf stuff. Yeah. Because I still think, like, given how prevalent and, like, a big deal the werewolf myth is in, like, Western culture, I still feel like there aren't a lot of, like, good werewolf things. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of tends to be a bottom-of-the-barrel genre. Like, there's a lot of kind of, like, schlocky stuff that doesn't always tend to hold up. And yeah. uh, this rules. Like, I just thought they thought out all of their rules and the way that it looks really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I was deeply impressed by it at the time. And I was all in on Caroline and I loved Damon and I was very into uh, Elaine and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Vampire Diaries really makes like the idea of a curse 
feel like a curse. Mm-hmm. They know how to go all in on that. And yeah, I, I love I loved uh, the Damon stuff at the time. I was really looking forward to that in this rewatch and Mr. Ian's perform like his work in, in like these episodes and then moving forward in the season two. Yeah. It's like a lot of good stuff. Uh, I was really excited for this season because I think a, a lot of this season gives Damon the tools, whether he wants them or not, to grow as a quote unquote person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, especially the Thoreau stuff. Jesus Christ. So fucking good. And being reminded also well, obviously we'll talk about it, but I just want to say now, being reminded of how good Lauren Cohen was on the show, it's like, Jesus Christ. Fuck, yeah. And I, like, I genuinely forgot that her time on the show was so short. She feels like she's around much longer. Yeah, she's she's that fucking good. But we will get into that, obviously, in the next episode. But right now, like I said, uh, Tyler said, let's do this. Then uh, back at the Lockwood Mansion, Jules and Carol are like wrapping their conversation up and Jules is like, let me know when you hear something. And Carol tells him that uh, Tyler went to the grill with his friends Mm -hmm. and Jules leaves and uh, has a one-sided telephone call with someone that she's like, no one knows where Mason is. He's missing. And there's another werewolf. It's Tyler. Dun, dun, dun. I hope Jules wasn't on the phone with someone who was also terrible. Hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Jules like, God. (laughs) Can't win. (laughs) Then we get to the grill and Jules sees Matt and asks him the very subtle question of, hey, excuse me, crazy question. Do you know Tyler Lockwood? That was like the same delivery and everything, Morgan. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so then uh, Damon and Alaric are watching her and Alaric's like, where is Mason anyway? And Damon answers decomposing in his truck. <laughs> and they're like, do you think she's a werewolf? And they're like, well, I hope fucking not because there's a full moon. <laughs> so they reveal a little bit of wolf Spain that they found and like hatch a scheme, which I love a scheme for Damon and Alaric. It's the best. I mean, if Michael was dedicated to being a recurring fixture of the show, this would be a boy corner moment, but mm-hmm. alas, Michael sucks. This is a classic Damon and Alaric mess around, and I love it. <laughs> a Damo and Warner mess around. Truly, Damo and Warner mess around, you're right. That's for you, Jill. That's for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> So in the Lockwood Cellar, uh, Tyler and Caroline get ready to um, become a wolf. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) They're just, they're two dummies and I love them. It's already heartbreaking and nothing has happened yet. Yeah, like Caroline's like, okay, so I got the herbs. We're going to mix them in the water. And Tyler's hooking up the chains and he like yanks on him and says, the guy at the hardware store said this setup could hold up to 5,000 pounds, which is wild. Um, then he takes his shirt off and the chat went insane. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, would you like to talk about that moment in the um, episode? The chat went insane as in me. Um, <laughs> I completely lost my shit. <laughs> Jill actually uh, died and came back to life. Uh, she's a phoenix. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah. Yeah. For Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> For Tyler, I am a phoenix. Meanwhile, I eloquently wrote the word nakey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you said it's elastic, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, so much I was in, I, I basically had that like line reading in my head for all of time. I, I have to be honest. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I think you should go back and, and listen. Yeah, I should. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to rewatch this episode again and again, aren't you, Joe? Um, 
I'm not going to admit that on here. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to rewatch it, but you're not going to watch the transformation because it will make you cry. <laughs> but you will rewatch the lead up. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So basically the exact logistics of this scene is Tyler starts to take all his clothes off and Caroline's like, ah! And she's like... <laughs> God, you're not going to get naked, are you? To which Tyler replies, pulling at the waistband of his shorts, it's elastic. What should I wear? I don't think it's like the Hulk where I get to keep my pants. <laughs> which is genius. Uh, but also, uh, what an upgrade from the shorts Tyler w- wore at the watering hole earlier this season. <laughs> oh, those awful shorts. <laughs> A moment of appreciation for Tyler getting better shorts. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, So then Bonnie visits her dear friend Luca and hands him back his dog tag necklaces. (laughs) And he pretends that he's not going to immediately forgive her for channeling him and then he immediately forgives her. He pranks her after her prank. Uh, and he lets her in and shows uh, shows her all his cool witch stuff, which includes a bunch of grimoires. Which, in theory, it's, like, kind of cool that his, apparently his dad's like, well, you know, all witches are family. But really, it's, like, megalomania and he must be stopped. Yeah, it's like, maybe I'll steal all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to hoard all the magic, you monster. So Bonnie asks him, do you know how to break the bind between a talisman and a spell? And Luca's like, I mean, it depends, but let's try to figure it out. Now at the grill. Oh, I, oh one question. Uh, not question, but I want to say real quick. We didn't mention the Florida truck. Oh, yeah. Wolf <laughs> has like almost the exact same truck as Mason. And we speculated that it is the truck of Floridians. <laughs> I believe Mason was in like uh, northern Florida, like Panhandle maybe. So it's like it's the Panhandle's truck. Back in central Florida, we didn't have those trucks. Fair enough. Uh, we also uh, meditated on forgiveness. And um, none of us uh, gave Luca any credit for forgiving her immediately, mostly because he's tricking her. But um, please note that the Empire Diaries group is uh, quick to hold a grudge. I called him a simp. <laughs> I called him a pushover. <laughs> and Joe said, imagine being able to forgive someone that easily. I could never. <laughs> I didn't call him names. I was just like, that's not realistic. <laughs> well, as we, we know, he was, he was tricking her, as, as all men do. do tricks. We also talked a little bit about wardrobe here. Um, The Vampire Diaries loves, loves, loves putting a woman in a long sleeve shirt that she can wear a tank top under. I don't know particularly why. Like, maybe it's really cold on their stages or often in Georgia or something, but like they love a tight long sleeve shirt and Bonnie is going to wear a lot of long sleeve free people tunics and it was just nice to see. I felt nostalgic. (laughs) I, I know for a fact Atlanta is very human and they probably all felt disgusting wearing these Henleys. It's a lot of Henleys. She's in like a, she's like in an oatmeal colored Henley tunic. <laughs> oh, you guys remember Free People in 2010? I couldn't shop there, but I'd look amazing. <laughs> Are we going to talk more about like all the, the characters you wanted to dress like, Morgan? No. <laughs> we move on to the grill and um, the mess around begins as I said Alaric tries to hit on Miss June and it is hysterical well he tries to do a drunk guy hitting on Miss June yes he's like doing this like drunk impression and he's like I'm not a freak I'm just being friendly I feel like Damo should have played the drunk guy and Rick should have played the nice guy 
Yeah, that would have been a lot smoother, probably. <laughs> it's the obvious bit. The only people Damon can be believably nice to are Sheriff Lizzie Forbes and sometimes Elena, end of list. <laughs> Rose, I guess. But um, yeah, he um, to quote unquote rescue Miss June from Alaric, who says that he's not bothering anyone. Honestly, the oldest trick in the book. But also, uh, Morgan, we've talked a lot about how Mr. Ian forgot how to play Boone on Lost uh, by the end of the series. And I think it's because this show made him, we had to pretend to be, pretend to be genuine. This is what you get. <laughs> got stuck in this. There is a there's a certain cadence to this performance that can slide into like kind of a rhythm. And I think it's a deeply appealing rhythm, but I think it is also mm-hmm. hard to slide out of. Yeah. It, but it's also this rhythm that like lets you know, like just confirms that um when he a few episodes ago, back when he was telling Liz, like, you're my friend. Uh, like he was being genuine basically like like that's actual genuine Damon as opposed mm-hmm. to fake genuine Damon yes so while Miss June's back is turned Alaric gets her a new drink and spikes it with Wolfsbane and Damon starts trying to like pump her for information and uh kudos to again uh, a mystic fault like mystic grill bartender not noticing this man roofing this woman <laughs> Good God, I, I, I'm very sorry about my behavior in the chat where I was writing in all caps, two idiots, comedy routine. (laughs) And and of course I added real friends do acting together. It's the truth. (laughs) Then we return to uh, the tomb and to Stefan and Catherine, um, my uh, favorite place. (laughs) Catherine is being deeply annoying to Stefan. He hates it. She starts taking off her clothes. I don't hate it. And she's like, well, if we're together, we should make the best of it. And she makes a move and the move works and it rules and they make out and shove each other against walls and stuff. This is the point where I had to tell Jill to breathe. (laughs) Then she was making siren sounds. (laughs) Oh my God. This is where I disclosed that I was not breathing. <laughs> it was good shit. And then um, we reveal that that was just Catherine getting into Stefan's head while he was asleep. What a prank. And to which Jill wrote in the chat, I was literally typing, this is the kind of sex I'm waiting for, and then stopped. I was so disappointed. All of the real sex scenes are so gentle. I'm like, no, you guys are so strong. Let's toss people around. (laughs) I... I want to give you something to be excited for. There will be a sex scene that you want that will not be a dream. Thank God. I can promise you more than one. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so Stefan is like, stay out of my head. And Catherine's like, I don't know, maybe we can be in here forever. <laughs> She's having fun. She is a little stinker and I love her. I just, me saying she's having fun, I'm just thinking of like uh, the SNL Abby Elliott sketch where she plays Meryl Streep and she's doing Meryl Streep on ice and she's like, I'm just, I'm having fun. <laughs> That's Catherine right there. <laughs> so we go back to Elena's house and Jenna's searching in a closet. Of course. She's like, yeah, I'm doing this historical society thing. She has the door to the closet wide open and then she shuts it and there is a delightful sight gag. Right on the other side of that door is Elijah. And he says the most casual, hey, I'm Elijah. And I scream. (laughs) Elijah saying hey did things to me. I am wiping tears away right now. (laughs) 
I love Elijah in this scene so much. This scene is played so perfectly and I love it. Jill, how did this Elijah do for you? Um... So as we know, I've been pretty just whatever about him. This scene really worked for me. Yes! (laughs) I am warming up to him. Because, Jill, you've been wondering basically what his deal is. And then he, so he explains what his deal is in this episode. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, I'm in. Sign me up. I think you were, you were feeling his accent in this episode. He had an accent? (laughs) I was. I love uh, when he's like, hey, Jenna, thanks for inviting me into your home. (laughs) I was like, I see what you did there. And um, he's like, okay, cool. I'll pick up all of this like historical stuff later. And he goes, Elena, I hope to see you again sometime. (laughs) And that also confirms that uh, while um, originals can compel other vampires, they do still need invitations. You know, some rules you gotta have. So uh, Elena runs upstairs to worm Jeremy, but Elijah uh, beats her to it. And we have this moment where like Jeremy opens the door and Elijah's like standing right outside of it. And Elena has to like lie to him and pretend Elijah's not there, uh, which is a fun little piece of business. But also like (laughs) Jeremy cannot see an adult man in his peripheral vision. (laughs) Jill wrote, Jeremy didn't notice in all caps, a grown ass man standing there. (laughs) (laughs) To which I replied, he's dumb. <laughs> and that's when I decided that the clowning of Jeremy is allowed. <laughs> Let the clowning commence. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you, you felt that way when we finally got to his worst hairstyle ever. And you were like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Oh my god. Summer back at the grill. Damo and Warren's scheme is still afoot. Damo's telling Jules about the various hotels, and uh, Jules brings up that she's looking for Mason, and Damon's like, oh, I know him. He's a great guy. God. My note is literally just Damo trying to get Miss June to drink poorly. <laughs> she keeps, like, pointing to her drink. And she will not do it. And then she says, yeah, uh, Mason's missing. And Damon replies, you mean missing, missing? (laughs) Sometimes I wonder how Damo has lived as long as he has. Charm, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, we're in the Lockwood cellar and Tyler is shirtless. My first note is horny Jill. (laughs) (laughs) This is, again, I typed in alarm sounds and said, Sound the alarm. I did add auga. <laughs> I wanted to support you. Thank you. Guys, You're welcome. This is the best part of this episode. <laughs> so uh, Tyler and Caroline are like talking werewolf logistics. And uh, Caroline's like, do you know how long you'll actually be a wolf? And she basically almost says woof. And I feel very validated. Uh. <laughs> Tyler's like, cool, I'm going to try to drink this wolf's mane. And she's like, I feel like you don't have to do that. And he's like, but I'm gonna. And it's very painful. Like, it makes him, like, gag. And he, like, falls on the floor. And she, like, gets close to him even though she shouldn't. And she tries to, like, hold him and calm him down. And it's real sweet. Care to comment, guys? She's so concerned and uh, she wants to sue them. And he, he apologizes to her. He says he's sorry. And then she brushes his hair. And it's just it's so sweet. I am obsessed with them. And that is that. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. They are cute as hell. I mean, I, I want to like have real analysis, but like they're good at acting. 
Yeah. I've, I've said it a lot, honestly, and this just confirms it, like, the whole story. I think it might be that, like, Caroline is a character who is, like, best when she's being actively compassionate um, because she her, like, neuroses can get in the way of the fact that, like, that is her ultimate drive is, like, doing good and being a kind person. Mm-hmm. And Tyler is someone who needs compassion in his life so desperately because he's been shown very little. Yes, because his, his, his father fought him every day of his life. Yeah. Ugh, don't remind me. Sorry, Jill, gotta remind you, make you cry more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My poor boy. And I will argue that this is not um, that different from her bond with Matt, which who is also a person who has not shown compassion very much. I think she means the same thing uh, to both of them, but I think they mean different things to her, which I will talk about Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, which also means, uh, and we should all be happy, uh, she will not go after Jeremy because he's had enough compassion and his life was perfect before his parents died. Uh, yeah, like enough people love Jeremy. He's fine. <laughs> so then uh, we go to back to Elena's room and I wrote, now back to my uneasy alliance in the chat. <laughs> and Elena and Elijah scene, we love it. He's immediately polite. He's like, forget the intrusion. I mean your family, no harm. And Elena is not having it. He basically explains his whole plan which is roughly this. Klaus doesn't trust him since he knows Klaus will want Elena. He's using Elena to draw him out. And the deal he makes with Elena is like, do nothing. And when Klaus comes for you and we do the ritual, I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the meantime, me and my witches will protect you and your friends. Yep. And uh, that is the plan. And he outlines it and... He makes clear that he uh, keeps his deals, uh, to which I wrote in uh, the chat. He is a good boy. He truly is. I love him. Like, this is, I boiled down a much longer scene, but they're both really good in it. I love their vibes. Uh, Jill, how are you doing with uh, with this Elijah scene? I'm interested in tracking your journey with him. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely more interested. I love a love an uneasy alliance, to use your words. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm still feeling him out, you know, but I, I'm into him. It's nice to see someone treat Elena like she has agency. I can't remember if I said this before, but uh, Elijah is definitely also my mother's favorite. Uh, she, she loves Elijah. Ooh, hell yeah. Elijah is a mom's favorite and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. He's, he's got honor. He's an honorable man mm-hmm. uh, and not, and not a dummy also. <laughs> oh which yeah. Is a, refreshing it's quite nice he's he's a good boy he's a man you can trust and i love him Mm -hmm. absolutely if he's not a dummy does he belong here (laughs) (laughs) um no uh, jill so the show goes on to continue to introduce uh smart characters it's crazy (laughs) really yeah (laughs) but don't worry some new dumb ones also come along (laughs) oh yeah my favorite We got some dummies, we got some smarties, they're all over the place with new characters. I do really love Elijah, but like my heart truly belongs to the characters with like one brain cell on this show. (laughs) I mean, uh, because there are a lot of like flop dummies too that show up, but I'm like, why why are we doing this? Yes, it's, we'll see. But then uh, Elena kind of ends this scene by saying, like, Elijah says, together we can protect everyone that matters to you, so let's make a deal, let's make a D, and... Instead of taking the D, Elena says she needs to do one more thing, and they begin a negotiation of sorts, and we cut away. Yes. Then we have a Bonnie and Lucas scene, 
and they like dispel. Uh, they're like mm-hmm. working on dispelling the moonstone. Dispelling. If you can, you can't see my air quotes, but they are there. Mm-hmm. So she's like, uh, she shows him the moonstone. And he's like, oh wow, a white rock. And uh, she's like, look, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> A big D. A big D, Morgan. It's a big D, and he remains very flirty and interested, even though she's being cryptic. He's like, fine, I'll help you. Which, honestly, like, Bonnie, he's too chill. Like, he forgave you instantly for the channeling thing, and he, like, has no desire to know more about the thing he's helping you with. Babe, babe. Yeah, red flag. (laughs) Bonnie's a fool. She thinks boys are nice. (laughs) Not. I, I don't care if they were children on Family Matters. They're still not nice boys. Bonnie, I wish it were true. <laughs> then we have a scene in the Lockwood cellar that's not at all upsetting. Yeah, how, how are you guys doing during this? Uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, it fucking sucks. Oh, do they make the do they make the rock float? Oh yeah, they make the moonstone float, and it explodes in a shower of sparks. And I'm like, well, if it floated, then definitely we've removed a spell. I mean, this is canon, right? Uh, if it floats, that means. Something happened. There are sparks. Bonnie, you have pulled this trick. (laughs) I love her to death. I love her to death, but she has done this very thing. She is far too trusting. So then uh, with Tyler and Caroline, Tyler is going through it. Um, He says he's like burning up and his bones break. It's very scary. I do have to say that him saying I'm burning up (laughs) pulled me out of the moment yeah and brought me back to the Jonas Brothers days so I had to put in the chat burning up for you baby and it made the scene hurt less oh I misread it and I thought you were referencing Madonna and now I'm furious oh no it's Jonas Brothers always for me god (laughs) I only know one Jonas Brothers song is it burning up no it's a sucker wow the recent one (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I uh, am older than you, children. <laughs> Just slightly, but still. I was already phased out of like wanting to listen to the Jonas Brothers. I was not uh, Disney. I was over Disney at that point. So I would also like to state for the record that I also did not listen to the Jonas Brothers because I was busy listening to Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. All Jonas Brothers, all the time. <laughs> uh. We stand. This is the podcast, you guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, we uh, we went wild for this scene. We were all very sad. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. Yeah, he's screaming a lot. And like, Caroline's screaming. And she's like, just really trying to help. Because again, like, Caroline's a goddamn gem. Yeah, um, it's just him in so much pain and the sounds of broken bones and... God, it's it's a lot. Neither of them know what to do. Like, and neither yeah. of them know how long it'll last or when it's going to be the worst it's going to be or anything. They're both just like trying to hang on. It's it's very sad. Uh, the show is not afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, speaking of going there, we go to the Mystic Grill, and the scheme remains afoot. Damon's like, I can help you find Mason, and it's truly so funny. He's like, he keeps just pointing to that drink. He's like, come on, drink this drink, and giving significant glances to a man across the room, which... 
red flags. <laughs> Guys, again, it should have been Rick doing this. And then finally she like sniffs it and is like, all right, you think you're clever, but you're not. Seriously, like it's a full moon. Of course she can sniff the fucking wolfsbane out. <laughs> you're so stupid. It is so funny because Damon like goes from trying to fool her to immediately being like viciously, stupidly mean so fast. And then when Rick shows up, he, he like he thinks it's time for round two of acting and like, no, it's over. It's hilarious because he's just like, um, what do you want with Mason Lockwood? And she's like, he's my friend. And Damon's like, well, I'm sorry to inform you that you probably won't find him. So he immediately just like, I killed him. <laughs> And she says, you're threatening me on a full moon? How stupid are you? To which I replied, pretty fucking stupid. He's so stupid. He's so stupid. I love him. And and as you said, Alaric comes back doing his little drunk impression. He's like, how about that second round? And Damon's like, the bit's over. <laughs> Uh, it rules. And Jules is like, yeah, I fucking knew you were a vampire the second I saw you. You've been marked. <laughs> Which, okay, so that line should be, like, intimidating. And then it's okay when, like, Damon mocks it later. But, like, it's not intimidating. And I laughed when she said it. Because <laughs> it's, I, she's the worst. But, like, I also don't buy it when she says it. You've been marked. Fuck up. That, I put in the chat, I was like, you've been marked. Okay, thanks, I guess. I wrote it in my notes, like, shut the fuck up, Jules. <laughs> I wrote in the chat, ugh, leave us alone, ma'am. <laughs> I feel like patronizingly calling her ma'am is like my best, uh, the best insult I have for her. <laughs> He's pulled that out of the arsenal. Oh yeah, I'll call her ma'am. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I guess who's getting mean too? It's me. But yeah, you've been marked as a tough line to give someone in like a modern day context. But yeah, it, it doesn't quite a hit with maybe the full impact that was intended. <laughs> Anyways, we moved to the Lockwood cellar. Tyler is on the floor. I wrote, just chilling on the ground. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> I wrote, he's good. <laughs> yeah, she says, I want to help, but I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, Oh no. Uh, uh, and he's like, you can't do anything. And then all his fucking bones start breaking. <laughs> he's in so much pain and he doesn't want to hurt her. But he like, and then she hugged him and I, I drew a, a very bad heart. Oh <laughs> Yeah. She gives him a big hug, which is really nice. And I did write, I wrote during the transformation, hmm, I would not like this to happen to me, which is true. And I also wrote hugs will save him, which I believe to be true as well. Yeah. Woof. Jill? <laughs> yeah, it it hurt. <laughs> I don't like seeing him in pain and screaming. What a shift. In my notes, I called him the owie boy. Owie boy? <laughs> <laughs> and I have bullet points under it that say, baby, sad face, woof, sad face, Caroline is good, exclamation point, and then cry boy, sad face. I should mock you for writing the owie boy, but later in my notes, I wrote boo-boo, so. <laughs> you have no legs to <laughs> I can't mock you for this. So then at the grill, Damon and Alaric are leaving and they're like, our plan went so good. <laughs> Damon makes fun of her and is like, you've been marked. What the fuck? And Alaric's like, hey, Damon, what if you weren't stupid one fucking time? Go <laughs> home. And Damon immediately is like, okay. 
Shit. He's also not just go home, but go home and lock your doors for once, you fucking idiot. Well, deal in the morning. Damon, like, immediately being like, yeah, okay, fine. Is hilarious. <laughs> Back with Tyler and Caroline. She's trying. She's like, you'll fight through it. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And she refuses because she's what's called a sweetheart. <laughs> and there's, like, a soft piano playing, too. And it, oh. <laughs> yeah, that fucked you up, didn't it, Jill? It really did. It really did. It's uh, too much, man. (laughs) Good emotional manipulation. That's what I like to see. (laughs) So he, uh, his eyes turn yellow and his fangs come out and he starts scooting around. And so she uh, runs out and like closes the gate and chains it. And he's trying to get at her through it. And I believe she like cries and softly says, I'm sorry, which killed me. Yeah. And he like leaves and bars the door. She's willing to stay. But once like the fangs start coming out, that's when she has to actually leave because he will bite her. Chop, chop. (laughs) Hate you. So then we return to the Salvatore boarding house and we see Rose. And I have to take a minute to talk about Rose's outfit because I hated it so much. (laughs) Like a dress you'd wear to a club that has rhinestones on it. But she's like wearing it over a black long sleeved lace shirt. And it's not a good look. And I love her dearly, but I didn't like it. I mean, I understand the need for them to kind of show the passage of time by having these vampires dress like a uh, contemporary but maybe they should have just had rose looking the way she did like in the 1400s because mm-hmm. she looked great in the 1400s i mean like we let stephanie and damon wear t-shirts <laughs> let uh rose wear good clothing you guys yeah please uh, but also uh, damon finally locks the door also when he gets home <laughs> It's pretty funny, and he finds her, and he's just like, oh, you can't stay away. And she's like, fuck off. Like, I wanted to say I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry about Elena. I didn't know that she had a death wish, but I called you. I tried to make it right, and I'm sorry. Also, I have nowhere else to go. Yeah, he, he kind of, he's pissed at her, not just for like the Elena thing, but specifically the fact she bailed. Because remember, she ran with the quickness as soon as Elijah showed up uh, last time, which was funny but also understandable because she is terrified yeah it was pretty funny she zooped the fuck out of there and damon is trying to be a dick and is like there's nothing here for you and then a fucking werewolf comes in and uh rose pushes damon out of the way and the wolf bites her instead and it's upsetting damon stabs the wolf with a little pokey guy and he leaves she leaves because it's jules (laughs) yeah it's, it's jules bitch ass like let's not even pretend Rose is bitten by a fucking wolf and she freaks the fuck out, but then she watches it heal and is like, oh, okay, then maybe we're fine. Mm-hmm. And Damon's also like clearly very concerned and they like hug and they're like, okay, well, if it's healing, you'll be fine. Um, and as we all know, that all, that means that it's fine. <laughs> it's great. And uh, Rose is happy and she lives a, a, even a longer life and it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, then we have a Jonas and Lucas scene where they make it very clear that the Moonstone is just fine. Men are bad. (laughs) Yeah, men are bad. Don't ever trust them. Yeah, Michael, you hear that? (laughs) So then um, Jonas says, well, there is actually one more thing Elijah needs us to do before we lose the full moon. I will say Luca is like... He did the job for his dad, but he's not happy that he betrayed Bonnie. But too bad. You still did it. And you're still a man. Yeah, look, feeling bad about something doesn't mean you didn't do it. 
Yeah, exactly. So then we have a uh, Catherine and Stefan in the tomb uh, scene, which I fucking love. Catherine is so annoyed by Stefan's silence, which is hilarious. <laughs> She's like, what do you want for me to say I'm sorry? Well, I'm not. Like, it's called self-preservation. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, it's pretty uh, interesting to see Catherine uh, teach Stefan about self-preservation because like, clearly he doesn't understand it. Although by the end of the, se- the scene, he pretty much understands it. So he eggs her on. He's like, why don't you just do something to prove to me that there's something inside you that's worth trusting if you want me to trust you? And she's like, well, why? Because you'll still hate me. And uh, Catherine's like, you're fucking manipulating me, but fine. If you want to find Klaus, I can maybe help. You should talk to Isabel, Elena's mother, because she's a research expert. She found me, which isn't really that helpful. It's just pointing him towards a smarter person. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, in theory, they could have just gone back to Courtney Ford's character that somehow only is in one, in one episode because she was literally Isabel's protege. Yep. Anyways, Elijah shows up and Catherine is fucking terrified. Oh yeah, she is cowering and we don't usually see that, so it's interesting. Ooh, and this is where I was like, okay, yeah, I like Elijah. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Elijah calls her Katerina. He says, thank you for having the good sense to be frightened, which is very hot. That was the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I know you. (laughs) And then Elijah's like, hey, Stefan, I'm letting you out because the lovely Elena drives a hard bargain. (laughs) Love it. Like, they've despelled the tomb so that Stefan can leave. And he walks out slowly. And then once he's out, Catherine also tries to get out and then hits an invisible barrier. It's deeply funny. (laughs) And Elijah compels her. He's like, you cannot fucking leave until I say so because when Klaus comes he's gonna want to see you and he tells Steph Elena will explain the arrangement if she keeps her word I'll keep mine which rules and then Catherine begs Stefan not to leave her and he leaves her goodbye Catherine yeah and then we go to see hear some crows in the woods caca bitch Oh my god, I, I love it. So Caroline's alone, she's running around, but then she's like, oh hey, no woofs. So she goes she goes back to Tyler, and she like puts her jacket over him, and she hugs him, and is like, you made it, you're okay. And then he starts crying, and he says, no, I'm not, and it's very sad. <laughs> Werewolf PTSD, you guys. So sad. Uh, and then I was like, uh, in the chat, sing it Howie Day. Oh yeah, sing, truly sing it Howie Day. And he did. He really did. He did. Stefan shows up in Elena's bathroom, I'm sure like smelling like the fucking tomb. <laughs> and they touch each other's faces very gently, which is what Stelena does best. And then they hug and they kiss, which is nice because it seems like they like haven't really like gotten back together officially and this kind of feels like that and they kiss more and he gets in her bed in his gross tomb clothes (laughs) this is what shower sex is for i wonder about the smell of vampires and he was like not drinking blood so he was like starting to desiccate so like how does he smell he was rotting in those clothes (laughs) joe what do you think I've never given thought to vampire smells. Mm-hmm. Think about it now. I am. And I, like, do vampires shower? I mean, they shower. It's the fact. I know that they shower. But I guess more than that, more than, like, if he stinks, like, from sweat or whatever, I'm like, he was in a crypt. Like, he's yeah. covered in crypt. 
<laughs> yeah, he probably is disgusting. <laughs> and that's what Elena likes. I wouldn't touch him with a 10 feet pole. <laughs> 10 feet pole? Way to botch it, Morgan. Anyways, we go back to the Salvatore house, and Damon's like, I talked to Caroline. It seems like Tyler's all good. So Jules was the one who, like, came inside. And, like, this is just the beginning of Jules's reign of terror. Truly. I hate her so much. She's not great. Um, so Damon apologizes. He's like, I picked a fight with her. She was coming after me. And I'm like, yeah, this is a fucking, like, this keeps happening. Damon, stop being <laughs> asshole to people and assuming there will be no consequences. And then later being like, oh, wait, I guess if I hadn't been mean, this wouldn't have happened. Remember when Mason just wanted to be friends? Yes. Remember when uh, Catherine told Jenna to stab herself because <laughs> Damon was such an asshole to her? Yep. Anyways, Rose and Damon are like, glad that old legend was fake. Rose in the robe, by the way, the silk robe. She is in her like magenta silk robe and I love it. And uh, didn't you question like, is this something that uh, Damo just has for his uh, his female companions? I did wonder. I was like, is this like the house robe? I would hope not. Damo has a really nice bathroom, Jill. I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler. I wonder if the if the robe lives there. Oh no, I just had a, a theory about whose robe it is and it made me really sad. Oh, okay, let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's Lexi's robe because her suitcase was left there when he killed her. But look, Ow. if she had had that robe, she wouldn't have been towel girl. So I True. will respect this theory and therefore make everything less sad. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's sad whoever's robe it is, but... You whatever poor woman Damon killed. <laughs> oh, maybe he bought it, guys. <laughs> Anyways, like Rose says that she wants to stay and help uh, save Elena, protect Elena, all things Elena, which is very funny. And that's a fanfic right there, you guys. (laughs) And she's like, look, I like you and I believe in friendship and I think you could use all the friends that you can get. Then they smooch. Yeah, because she's like, I'll be your special friend. She does make a point that she's not into guys who are in love with other women but like she'll be a special friend at least for now yeah, she's like we can fuck i just like want you to know that i have no illusions like you're in love with elena and this is also where i could like i decided that trevor did not fuck oh yeah because i was like did she and trevor fuck then and latoya said no <laughs> i was like i feel that deeply and i said i'm sorry <laughs> then as they begin to canoodle, Damon touches Rose's shoulder right where her wolf bite was, and it still hurts. And then they look, and it looks absolutely disgusting. Like, there are, like, a bunch of open sores and blisters and veins and shit. It looks real bad. And then we smash to black. Yeah, that's where I run my notes. Uh-oh, boo-boo is back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no thank, man. Oh, Rose. Why couldn't Jules be the one to die from her own bite? It'd be tough, logistically. I don't care. So would you guys like to move on to The Descent? No. I think we yes. have <laughs> We open with Jules. This is a sign of a great up, but this is a great up. She yeah. wakes up naked in the woods, covered in dirt and blood. She's surrounded by dead bodies. Turns out she fucking killed a bunch of people while she wolfed out. So she is in no way a good person. Already I'm like, she's the opposite of Mason. What the fuck? Yeah. And then a cop comes and she like pretends to be like, I'm so sad about all these dead bodies. And then she murders him when he turns his back. To which uh, Jill 
wrote in the chat, she knew her acting was bad. And I wrote, we will talk about that on the podcast show. <laughs> but yeah, this seems like very much the opposite of Mason's vibe. I mean, this is in the chat, but I still wonder, how was Mason friends with her? Because like, if you need a bitch, you got Catherine and Jewel sucks. My only thing is that it would be nice to know other wolves when you are a wolf and like don't have uh, oh. any other resources for your change. Like, I mean, it's the same I, thing yeah. that like Tyler will talk to her. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, wolves like move in a pack. But there aren't many wolves anyway, so. Oh. So like you can't really even choose your pack because there's only like five. Yeah, which definitely means knowledge about being a wolf is really scarce as well. Mm-hmm. And we know the vampires, known as the Salvadors, don't know shit about werewolves. So. Yeah. So, anyways, we we move to Stefan's bedroom, and they're smooching and being cute. And Stefan wants to talk business, and Elaine is like, "What if you didn't ruin the moment, though? And we could stay cute." <laughs> Stefan's like, no, I'm a bummer. They're like, we have to talk about this whole uh, you agreeing to be Klaus's human sacrifice thing. To which Elena replies, actually, the deal is that I pretend to do that. And then Elijah kills him. And that does not comfort Stefan. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Stefan trusts Elijah, which is, fuck you, Stefan. He's a classy bitch. Unlike you, you can learn something, Stefan. You can learn something, Steve. Wear a suit every once in a while, you hippie. Wear a suit, you're not going to class. So anyways, Elena pours him a little bit of vervain to drink because he is planning on adopting the Catherine diet of taking a little bit every day so that he can build up a tolerance to it. Elena is like, please don't go after my mom. I don't like her. (laughs) But also, I love that Stefan's whole thing this season is like, let me just try to get a tolerance for things I shouldn't be drinking, whether it's human blood or vervain. Yeah, Stefan has drinking problems. (laughs) And Elena's like, look, I made this deal with Elijah. We need to stick to it. But Stefan's like, I didn't make a deal. Oh, wow. A a Salvatore boy's going to ruin something for Elena. Which is some little stinker behavior. (laughs) And he is karmically punished by immediately having to drink a glass of vervain and then like falling on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Elena also wants to like know, why can Elijah compel other vampires? To which Stefan's like, he's an original. I don't really know what that means. But maybe Isabel will know. Maybe. They smooch again. And they are still really cute. I do still really like them. Yeah. We made a lot of jokes about Stefan drinking Ruby. <laughs> I joked about me doing my first shot. Oh, yeah, you lightweight. <laughs> I said it was me doing a shot now. <laughs> you not do shots, Joe? I was so good at them in college, and now I'm just a grandma, and I can't do them. Of course you were so good at them in college. <laughs> hell yeah jill will you do one of those tiktoks where it's you after one shot you after two shots you after three shots i would be gone after two because i also i don't like most alcohols i only like whiskey really so i'd be doing shots of whiskey (laughs) well you belong on the vampire diaries (laughs) yeah but i'll do it for you morgan i'll do that tiktok just for you please (laughs) I'm like very close to making TikToks. It's gonna happen. Please do. Do not. (laughs) Become a TikTok content creator. So then we go to Rose and Damon. They are chilling in the library and Rose is contemplating her age, um, which is never good. She calculates that she is 560 years old. So she says, so I can die. I've lived long enough. And Damon 
does not like that. So, you know, he tries to give her blood in hopes that it'll make her feel better and it'll heal her. And they're like, yeah, this is great. It's totally working. It's a fucking placebo is what it is. And then they look at the bite and it's gotten so much worse. And it's fucking gross and terrifying looking. Elena takes a look at it and Damon's like, Elena, it looks better, right? And she's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She mentions to Damon, like, you need to talk to Stefan and like, he wants to go find Isabel and I'm not into it because it'll just piss off Elijah. But Damon's like, nope. I'm Team Stefan. Take care of this dying vampire, please. Oh, yeah. And uh, Damo tries to pretend he doesn't care about (laughs) Rose. He's like, the sooner she dies, the better. Sure, Damo. Sure. Yeah. Death happens. We come, we go. Sooner she dies, the better. It's gloomy as hell in here. And I'm like, babe. (laughs) Embrace your feelings, Damo. We know you care. Damon, we all know you're not good at hiding things. Then we uh, we scoot on over to a town event. Booster Club Barbecue, to which I just said they're just making shit up now. I love it. So we have a, a quick Caroline and Tyler scene. And she's like, hey, how are you doing post-werewolf? And he's like, I'm sore. And she's like, but you did it. And it's great. And it'll get easier. And Tyler is way less optimistic. He's like, you don't know that for sure. And she's like, no, but it's about small victories. So let's take last night as a win. He's like, I really want to thank you because I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been there. And then they have a big old long pause that is just going to be filled by a smooch. Uh, the chat goes and say it again. Jill, I just screamed into my sweatshirt. <laughs> Morgan, um, they're making eyes. <laughs> Me, Trevino knows how to look at a woman. Look, it's... It's all the truth. So Caroline is like, anyways, next month we should probably reinforce that wall because you almost got me that one time and it would have been, um, <laughs> like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything because Damon will fucking kill you. And Tyler's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, it's not a big thing. It's just that one bite and it's, you know, curtains for me. <laughs> And I melted into a full puddle and died. God, curtains. Curtains for me. It was curtains for me when I heard that. This was a a curtains-heavy episode also. It truly was. They are so cute. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? How do you know that? And she's like, oh, I read it somewhere. (laughs) Smooth move, Ferguson. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> so then Matt shows up and changes the vibe. <laughs> My dear Maddie Blue, he's like, hey, uh, can I talk to you, Caroline? And the second they're alone, Caroline's like, okay, look, that was nothing. Nothing's going on with Tyler and I. And I'm like, honey, shh. <laughs> the, the lady uh, protests too much. But uh, Matt's like, it's cool. I believe you. You're like a lot of things, but you're not a liar. And she's like, Uh-oh. cool. He's like, that's why I think that I should be honest with you because, uh, and then he's like, it's very cute. And he's like, I'm tongue tied. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And he smooches her. Maddie is not a, a words boy. He's an actions boy. And these are his actions. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cute. I, th- I think it's the wrong thing to do, but it's the wrong thing to do in like a realistic teenage boy way that I think is like well-intentioned but foolish he's a sweet boy and they are cute but again she can't be honest with him mm-hmm. so but you know who she can be honest with almost uh when she's not gaslighting him tyler tyler <laughs> 
so then Caroline runs away and she's like, don't do that. And I'm like, Jill, how are you feeling at this moment uh, when she was kissing Matt and not Tyler? Exactly what I put in the chat, which is a single nope. (laughs) You always wanted a reason not to care for Matt. And now you have the greatest reason, which is Tyler exists. It's like I knew. It's like I knew what was going to happen. And I was like, this is the guy that's going to get in the way. I am making a face right now. <laughs> Morgan has rage in her eyes, I'm sure. There, look, I'm making a face. As I have said, I think that, like, right now, a lot of Tyler and Caroline's relationship rests on the fact that, like, she's the only person he can talk to about stuff. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. that they need each other. <laughs> But I do think that Matt actually like likes Caroline for who she is a bit more, which I think is nice. Ooh, them fighting words for Jill. <laughs> the current amount of information you have, that is what I would like to say. <laughs> that is the only thing I ask you to consider. <laughs> Jill, rebuttal? I will consider, but it probably won't land. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair and what I expected. <laughs> oh my god. So, <laughs> Sheriff Forbes meets Jules and we all yell at her in the chat. I said all caps, Jules, stay away from Liz. Get bent, Jules. <laughs> like, hey, you're looking for Mason, right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then we move away from that scene. Uh, we have an Alaric and Stefan scene, which is very much like a Tyler and Elena scene now. <laughs> In that we spent a lot of it talking about what their dynamic was like. And I pitched that I think if they're not, like, on a mission, they don't know what to talk about. Yeah. At least they have more, they have had more interaction than Tyler and Elena ever have. Oh, for sure. I think they're just like, oh, we both figured out that, like, this isn't the vibe. I think part of it is that Stefan never went to class. Mm-hmm. And that we assume Alaric doesn't like Bon Jovi. Yes, I said he's a Guns and Roses boy. <laughs> Oh, I'm that. That's good. <laughs> but anyways, Alaric fully like calls his man the second he sees Jules and is like, Damon, the wolf's here. Rick now apparently lives in the grill. I love it. So they have a talk about Isabel and Alaric is deeply like, fucking don't talk to me about my ex-wife. But fine. And he's like, I think I have an old number. I'll find it and send it to you if I find it. <laughs> yeah, I- it feels like they should have just ha- like brought back Courtney Ford's character, and I don't know why they did not. I mean, True Blood, probably. Yeah. Uh, the other vampire show, the one that was getting all the critical acclaim while this show existed. <laughs> oh my goodness. So then we're back at the Salvatores. Rose is getting put to bed by Elena in Damon's room, and Elena's making eyes at the room. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the first time, not just Elena, but we all see Damon's bedroom. New set, new set. They're making that house a little bigger. Damon has a copy of Gone with the Wind. <laughs> the South. <laughs> yeah, and Elena's like, ooh, a book. He reads. <laughs> I mean, Damon is not Nate Archibald. He can read. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, brief Gossip Girl detour. We are we watched the first Hillary Duff episode last night. And when Dan doesn't know who she is and Nate sees her and is about to tell him and then is like, you know what? 
go talk to her. Michael was losing his mind. He was like, I fucking, like, this is the best Nate moment ever. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Chuck and Blair stuff that's been going on, Michael is screaming. He, when Chuck um, said he was going to buy the hotel because Blair believes in him, I think he lost his mind. God, the hotel. I know. It has begun. I know. And it's sore because I'm just like, he's like, this Chuck and Blair stuff's amazing. I love them. And I'm like, I do too right now. (laughs) And I do in general. I'm just worried you're gonna get hurt. (laughs) I love hotels and no one's ever traded a person for a hotel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very worried for him. By the time this episode drops, Michael will have seen the truth and knows what's what's up. So we're not going to be spoiling him. So worried about what's going to happen. Jesus Christ. I have to bring this up. I, my laptop, (laughs) back in the day, my laptop was stolen um, years ago. On that laptop, I have a video, like a fan video that I made of Chuck and Blair. (gasps) (laughs) Of course you do. What song is it set to? Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. And I am so sad that I don't have it anymore. I had to cover my mouth at my screaming. Jill, I just screamed like into my comforter. I would pay $300 to see that. I'm not kidding. I I was so proud of it in high school. So proud of it. (laughs) Oh my God. I, Jill, I love it. I love you. I want to find it so bad and I don't know where to find it. Oh, that breaks my heart. I'm so sorry that happened. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I, I love a fan bit, guys. I used to make Smallville fan bit bits. I'm just going to say that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. And let's move on. So, anyway. <laughs> where are we? Rose says some more stuff that's very sad, including vampires die suddenly. It's not supposed to be drawn out like this. Yeah. Also that Elaine is very lucky because no, she says, no one has ever loved me the way that you're loved. And then I screamed. Oh, uh, God. Um, yeah, Rose brings up how, like, you know, she hasn't had a cold in five centuries. He's like, yeah, she's a fucking vampire. It's just like... Obviously, I am biased uh, with Lauren Cohen, but like, she's so fucking good as Rose. Like, it's unbelievable. She's absolutely wonderful. And this scene, like, Rose is such a pivotal character in so many people's journeys. And and I don't mean that. And like, like her death really matters to them in a way that doesn't feel like fridging because she feels like a significant person. I really love her. And she kind of like asks Elena about her whole deal. She's like, why are you so eager to give up? Like this whole deal with Elijah, it seems like your easiest option. Elena's like, that's not fair. And she's like, well, do you really think your witch friend destroyed the moonstone? And she's like, yeah, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. And Rose says, you really are determined to die, aren't you? At least I ran. You're not even trying. Yeah, um... Rose, like, obviously when we're introduced to Rose, it's not in the most flattering light because, you know, she's she's kidnapped Elena. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's like, it's out of fear. And like, you get the sense throughout all of this, and especially in this episode, like Rose just like genuinely cares and like just cares about people. Mm-hmm. And it's something she hasn't had to fo- like, gotten to focus on because she's just been running for all these years. But yeah, she's just like a very empathetic 
quote unquote person. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so truly heartbreaking the way it all goes down for her. Yeah. And she's really lost herself for a long time, like through running and she's trying to start again and it just completely gets fucked, which um, is no fair. All because of Jules, Miss fucking June. <laughs> So then Rose starts, like, talking about things that don't make sense, like, tell them to prepare the horses and calling Elena Trevor and stuff. And she asks for more blood and um, Rose throws all of it up. And then Elena, like, turns her back to go get some water, like a, you know, a towel or something. And then she turns around and Rose isn't there anymore. Then Rose starts to go a little nuts. She thinks that Elena is Catherine. It gets really scary. Eventually, Rose kind of like comes to her senses and she apologizes. And this is the thing that fully breaks me in the episode. All of Rose's apologies for her behavior while she's like being driven mad by, you know, werewolf venom poisoning or whatever. It kills me. She says, I'm so sorry. Don't be scared of me. Yeah, in my notes, I I have that quote written down with a a sad face next to it. It's just, she cares so much. She's just, she is a good person. I I bring it up uh, later in the chat, but I'm just like, I just imagining... Like, the idea of her, like, if she had succeeded in uh, pawning Elena off to to Elijah, she, like, it would have ruined her life. She would have, like, held that guilt for the rest of her life. No, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, God, it's a real bummer. And then so I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm glad that didn't happen, but I'm also, fuck Miss June. <laughs> fuck Miss June. Uh, Jill, how are you feeling, uh, especially about Rose right now? Um, I'll be honest, I, I like Rose, but I was never really attached to her. Mm-hmm. But watching what the bite does to her is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that is a fun addition. I mean, not fun because <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but um, I mean, it is a huge bummer. <laughs> yeah, because she did. I would have liked to see have seen more of her. Yeah, especially because she and Damon are really hot. <laughs> yes, they are. They are very hot. And I do like that. Also, she like knows what it is and she knows that of course Damon is in love with Elena so it's like she's not hung up on that she she knows the deal she just wants to get the D yeah and in this case the D is Damon <laughs> oh is that what it is <laughs> yep uh, the family podcast she's <laughs> the scene by saying something I think that's really poignant where she says when you live long enough everything disappears there's so much time that's wasted I just wish I wouldn't have been so afraid I think what's nice about Elena's sacrifice and what role kind of like Rose's advice plays in it is it's okay to be willing to risk your life for the people that you love, but you still need to value your life because it matters. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's kind of like the balance that evades a lot of these characters who uh, mm-hmm. beg for death, but uh, Rose gets it. I think also kind of overall, when I really think about the show, that's something that kind of sticks with the show throughout to the very end mm-hmm. and they tackle it in different ways and i think it's mostly successful if you want to say that's like the theme basically about life or afterlife or whatever you want to call it yeah rose says she wants to go home and, and then like elena asks her about home and it's really sweet and she says kilometers because she's british and it's cute oh she's great and then we go to a scene with jules she's at the grill <laughs> and that's a scene goodbye yeah <laughs> Stefan leaves a very professional message for Isabel. Isabel, it's Stefan Salvatore. I need to speak with you. It's about Elena. Please know that it's important. 
succinct, clear, to the point. Wish I could leave a message like that. I, I, I kind of wish you would have been like, it's about Elena, your daughter. <laughs> Just to remind her. Every message I leave is like, hey, it's me. Um, Mark, me, Morgan. Um, anyways, I'm just calling. I wanted to say hi. Don't, nothing's wrong. Um, but you know, it'd be cool to talk. Um, anyways, I want to talk to you about this thing. See you later. Uh, goodbye. It's Morgan. Goodbye. What was it? I was rewatching an episode of Lucifer today for a podcast and Lucifer is like leaving a message for his brother. <laughs> and at the end of the message, he says, by the way, it's Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's the fallen angel Lucifer, also known as Satan. By the way, it's your sibling with the British accent. Great stuff, folks. Ah, uh, fun. So uh, Damon comes in, he sees Jules and is going to go murder her. And Stefan's like, hey, what if you were reasonable? <laughs> yeah, uh, Damo, who who doesn't care that Rose is dying, mm-hmm. wants to avenge her, her dying. Stefan's like, hey, I know you're upset about Rose, to which Damon replies, why does everyone think that I'm upset about Rose? I'm fine. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes vampires die. I'm going to have a friendly chat with Lady Wolf, brother. Ease up. <laughs> which is a gift. God, Demo's so cool. He uh, goes to Jules. Jules is like, oh, right. The one I meant to kill. I don't like this scene. Jules is a real bitch. It's just a real dick in it. I don't care for it. I hate her so much. Damon's like, I'll kill you if you don't tell me how to cure a wolf bite. She like dances around it for a while and then ultimately reveals there's no cure. Your friend is gonna, you know, go through chills and unbearable pain and dementia. Eventually she'll go rabid and the only cure is dying. Uh, She's like, she's a real asshole about it. I actually am inclined to believe Damon's promise that if like she gives him the cure, he won't kill her. Honestly, as much as he quote unquote doesn't care that Rose is dying. (laughs) He, he wouldn't kill her for this. The second she did another thing, he'd kill her for yeah. that, which would of probably course. seem like an arbitrary um, death of the deal. But in the Vampire Diaries world, that is not what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Deals are transactionary. You cannot kill someone for the reason you agree not to kill them for that deal and kill them later for another reason <laughs> and you're still fine. <laughs> this is science, you guys. Uh, take notes. Miss um, June says, bite me. Uh, to which I write my notes, fuck you. And why, Mason? She sucks. <laughs> she sucks. And Jill, what did you think about uh, Miss June in, in this episode and the scene? I mean, she for sure sucks. You are correct. I feel like you guys probably have more reason for this hatred than I do as oh. of right now. Oh, just wait. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm still kind of like, okay, she sucks, but like, okay. I mean, her last scene is even more of her sucking, Jill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's terrible, but I don't actively hate her quite yet. <laughs> oh, oh, just you wait. So then we go back to the Salvatores. Elena is still trying to help Rose, but Rose disappears. And we find her taking a big slurp. She went down to the basement and she's like drinking all the... All the Salvatore boys' blood. Rose again thinks that Elena is Catherine and tries to attack her. And ultimately, like, Elena begs her to stop. Is like, I'm Elena. You're hallucinating. It doesn't work. So ultimately, she has to, like, open the curtains and, uh, you know, hit Rose with a little bit of the sun. And it burns her skin. And it's, like, very spooky. She runs. Yeah. And uh, Rose attacks her. Then Elena runs and barricades herself in Stefan's room. Yeah. And she makes a steak. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she makes a little steak. And outside the door is like, Elena, I need your help. And, you know, um, we are we end our scene on Elena wondering whether she should trust Rose or not. Which I feel like 
she should because I don't think that uh, Rose is in a position to like fake sanity. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So then we go to Mystic Falls High School and Caroline is in a hallway and Matt shows up. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but also a great description, Morgan. So Matt opens with Caroline Y. <laughs> to which Caroline replies, why what? And he says, I kissed you. And she says, I know I was there. Ah, uh, Caroline. I'm in... I, I love them. I love them so much. He asks the very reasonable question, why did you run away? And she's like, uh, why did you caught me off guard? What did you expect? And she like apologizes for running, but she's kind of like, what else do you want me to say? And Matt's like, I don't know. Like, how did you feel? And Caroline, who seems to be feeling quite a few things, starts to like tear up. And she says, okay, well, I feel like I love you. Caroline, Caroline, this is the opposite of what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, though. <laughs> yep. She loves him. I don't know. Just all that I know is that Caroline Forbes uh, canonically loves Matt Donovan. <laughs> <That's what laughs> She's more good. But also what I know is that we have a Booster Club barbecue and we never see anyone eating barbecue. And again, like they just really fucking made up an event for this week. Yeah. So Matt says, well, then what's the problem? Like, what are you keeping from me? Like, if you love me, you'll tell me. And she doesn't say anything. And then fucking Dana shows up and asks Matt for more burgers. To which Matt replies, yeah, not now, Dana. Uh, Dana. Jill, Dana's the new Tiki. Oh, I love it. We needed another one. <laughs> I don't think uh, that Dana's as bitchy as Tiki, though. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> so then uh, Matt tries to go back to the conversation and Caroline has run away, which same girl. <laughs> oh my god. So then Damon gets home, sees Elena with a steak, and is like, what the fuck? Where's Rose? And Elena's like, I don't know. The door is wide open. <laughs> so then outside Mystic Falls High School, the barbecue is a bumpin'. And <laughs> is it? a like um, custodial worker throwing out some garbage sees Rose and is like, are you okay? And then he catches a glimpse of her and he gets this look of pure like, well, this is how I die. And then she chomps on him. <laughs> this scene gave me like major I know what you did last summer vibes, which mm. appropriate. I haven't seen that, so I can't comment. <laughs> oh, I mean, you should, uh, but it was also written by Vampire Diaries co-creator uh, Kevin Williamson. Oh. That and Scream. Really? Yeah. It's so good. Yes, I do agreed. I to talk about Caroline's collarless leather jacket. I don't like it. It's too boxy and it has studs on it, and that's not how she dresses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not for her. Try again, gang. A lot of judgments for the outfits and like much deserved uh, judgment. I have applauded all of the free people long sleeve shirts. So then speaking of the dead body that Rose uh, left on the ground, Sheriff Forbes' deputies found it. Luckily, they were the first to find it, yeah. Yeah, she's like, one of my deputies found it. Luckily, like before anyone else saw the corpse. So there's a fucking vampire here. And Damon's like, oh, shit. Yeah, let's uh, figure this whole thing out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which we don't like. So Damon and Elena kind of like team up and start looking for Rose together. Well, Elena can't find Stefan. She's worried. Yeah, she's been calling Stefan all day after their the initial scene and he's just not answering. What the fuck is Stefan doing right now? He, he left a one message for Isabel. Why is he not answering the phone? He's so tired from leaving that message, which I can relate to. <laughs> Yo, Isabel, it's your boy, Winnie the Bitch. <laughs> Elena wants to drop life like a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jill's like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
so sorry. More new girl references in case this podcast didn't have enough. Yeah, this is definitely the Vampire Diaries podcast with the most new girl references. <laughs> Good God. So they find Rose. She's murdering people. It's it's more stand-ins who got upgraded to featured extras. Jill said, I love new faces because I know they'll die. <laughs> I mean, if that woman is not a Caroline stand-in, I don't know who is. Fair enough. So Rose uh, chomps on both of them. And then Damon kind of like shakes her and is like, hey, Rose, it's me. And she's like, oh, no. So she just like bursts into tears. And she's like, did I do this? Like, so like instantly she has no memory of it. And she says, I never meant to hurt anyone. I never wanted to hurt anyone. And she looks at Elena and she says, I'm so sorry. Like she apologizes profusely. And she's so scared. And Damon says, well, let's get you home. And Rose says, no, I don't have a home. I haven't had one in so long. And she just like is weeping and she's just begging for it to stop. And she like wants to die. And it's just like Damon wants to like cradle her in his arms and take her away. It's like terrifying. It's so sad. He totally doesn't care. But yeah, I wrote in my notes at this point in all caps. I hate, which hate was underlined, Jules. Yep. 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 That's yep. fair. That's very fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. So uh, then we have a Rose and Damon scene. They're in his bedroom. She's in the bed and she apologizes again. And he says, you went on a murderous rampage. It happens, which is the show in a nutshell in terms of its morality towards humans sometimes. Yeah. But it's okay. Rose apologizes to Elena. She's like, I don't like taking human life. I never have. Damon is pissed that Elena's there. Rose says, it's the worst part about this. Like the hunt, the need to kill, the thirst. I wasn't meant to be evil, so it hurts me. And Damon says, then stop talking about it. Like, (laughs) which is, you know, a great way for something to not be a problem is to never talk about it. Good idea, Damon. Damon's end is literally just finding a random woman to be his therapist. Yep. So Rose says, Damon's a lot like me. He wants to care, but when he does, he runs away from it, which is a really good point. Yeah. Then Rose tells Elena that she needs to fight. She's like, I know you're scared, but you have to do it anyway. Elena kind of like tries to take care of her. And Rose is like, why are you so nice to me? (laughs) Um, And she's like, yeah, you know human thing. And Rose says, you can never forget it, what it's like to be human. It haunts me. It's the only thing that kept me going. It doesn't hurt as much anymore. And then she's just in, like, suddenly in so much agony. So Elena leaves as uh, Rose begs for it to stop. (laughs) No thanks. Damon sends her away. And then we have a scene that murdered Jill. It sure did. I do briefly, briefly want to say that um, I came up with this, which is that Elena wanted to take the D, but Rose convinces her to take the L. Life. That's it. (laughs) Boo. Sorry. Uh, Again, guys, that's the podcast. (laughs) Let's talk about this scene. Oh, man, you guys, where to start? I mean, they need to to talk. Tyler and Caroline. They're on Caroline's porch. They are. And Tyler's like, hey, uh, why would you risk a werewolf bite if it kills a vampire? And Caroline says something extremely sweet, which is, because you needed help. (laughs) And he says, I could have killed you. And she goes, but you didn't. (laughs) 
I love her. I love her so much. She is the best. So Tyler's like, I don't understand you. And she's like, why is it so hard for you to let someone help you? And Tyler's like, well, that's not it. And she's like, uh, it is. (laughs) I'm sorry I care about you. Like, forgive me if I overstep my boundaries by like giving a shit. And then he gives her a smooch out of nowhere. (laughs) And uh, Jill, how'd you feel about that? I have never been happier watching this show. (laughs) Oh my god. Not even when, like, you thought Damon kissed Elena? Uh, no. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I was losing my mind during that scene. Wow. Wow. To this new reality. (laughs) Jill has snapped. Jill has gone off. We are on the Trevino train, baby. All aboard. Now, see, I think now we're getting into the divergence in ships, really. <laughs> Our first big one. That's chaos. I knew this was going to happen. I knew, th- I knew that me, uh, that my, my mat stance was going to get called into question. Get run over by the Trevino train. <laughs> <laughs> get no. railroaded, if you will. Look, what, what were the, the, the roaring... What's a vehicle that starts with an R? Um, rickshaw. Roaring rickshaw. We're, we're traveling. <laughs> we can go on the sidewalk if we need. Jesus. Faster <laughs> through traffic. Caroline uh, pulls away from the kiss and it says, you can't do that. And Tyler apologizes. And she says, everyone just needs to stop kissing me. And she runs away again. And I love her. An iconic line. She's so cute. She is the cutest person in the entire world. (laughs) So then we have a scene that's really fun and not at all sad. (laughs) Rose says, who would have thought you'd be a nice guy? And Damon says, I'm not nice. I'm mean. I like it. Uh-huh. He encourages her to sleep, and then she starts having a dream. She is in her long, glorious wig and an old-timey, bright blue dress. And she's, like, in this air, in this, like, grassy knoll with a bunch of beautiful horses. And she runs around, and Damon's there. It's a pretty solid, like, it would have been my dream place to be when I was uh, 15. It seems great. She's like, this is my favorite place to come as a girl. And she's so excited. And, and Damon's like, yeah, Elena told me. And he clearly is, like, messing with her mind. And they're sitting together in the sun. And Rose is so happy because she missed being human. And Damon's like, well, humanity's not all it's cracked up to be. And Rose is like, no, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, I had friends and a family and I mattered. And Damon's like, you still do. And she says, not like you. You've built a life where whether you admit it or not, you have one. And I spent 500 years just existing, which sucks. It's a horrible thing yeah. to hear. Oh, fuck. Um, this scene always gets me it got me originally back when it aired it gets me now it's it's a lot it's a lot it is fucked like damon tells her she didn't have a choice because she was running from klaus and rose says that there's always a choice which is a a pretty popular refrain for this show and uh damon teases her for like ruining the the uh nice time that they're having because of their perfect day and jesus christ it's uh they sit together for a little bit and it's really nice. And they hold hands. And Rose says, thank you. And then I lose my mind. And uh, he's like, for what? And she's like, well, the pain is gone. And he is like smiling and being so kind, which is really odd. 
it's it's a it's a very you know bright Damon, which you know that Damon's not doing well. So it's kind of surprised to see him be able to bottle stuff up pretty well in this moment, which I think is a great choice as a like as a performer. Like he's really doing his best to give Rose like a last moment of peace, and he's doing a really good job. And that's not something I'd ever think Damon would be good at. Yeah, because this is the first time we're seeing someone go into someone's mind this way for good, for for, for a positive reason. Yeah. She asks him if she thinks, uh, if he thinks like, you know, she'll be able to see her family and Trevor. And Damon says, I think you'll see whoever you want to see. So she says she's not afraid anymore. And we see in real life, Damon is letting go of Rose's hand and grabbing a steak and putting it against her heart. And he is crying. And also, I am, I'm now crying. <laughs> um, basically, at the part where you, you even like just recited her say, him saying, I think you'll see whoever you want like to see that that got me right there. It's a, uh, it's really rough. They agree to race to the trees and they're teasing each other and they're smack talking and uh, Damon jokes that he's controlling the dream. So maybe he'll cheat. And they do like on the count of one, two, and right before three, Damon uh, stakes her and starts crying and she is dead. And it's really fucking brutal. Fuck. It's a no thanks. <laughs> like I said, this, this season has me crying a lot, sometimes on the podcast like now. And uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal scene, honestly. It's a great scene. Jill, how did you feel about this? I loved it. That was such a beautiful moment. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it gorgeous? Like, it's, it's really nice. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, um, Ian and Lauren, like, just both kill it yeah it's worth noting that uh marco siega who like directed the pilot so like created the visual style for the show he also directed this episode too yeah. so yeah fuck and they they have just really lovely chemistry like they they're very at ease with each other i think like in all of their scenes which is part of the appeal of their characters being together and i think again considering how short a time they're together like you do really believe she's significant to him and uh woof, woof. it's very sad Damon takes her body and shows it to Liz. She thanks him for keeping the town safe. And he's like, whatever, I'll bury the body. He is clearly unwell. Mm-hmm. And we have a Jules and Tyler scene. Uh, is like, well, guess what? Caroline's a liar. She and her vampire friends killed Mason because there's like a ton of fucking vampires. She realizes how new to being a wolf Tyler is. And she seems to show some like genuine sympathy. And she like tries to like, touch his hand and Tyler doesn't like it. But the second he hears that Mason was murdered and that Caroline is lying about being the only vampire around, he seems to kind of start to believe her. Especially once Jules says that she's his friend and that other werewolves are on the way, which is ominous. Fuck Jules. She's a real dick. Yeah, it's uh, not cool to manipulate a child. (laughs) (laughs) Leave Tyler alone. Sorry, I just like took a break for a second. Because my neighbor just started singing outside again, and she's so fucking loud. So I just had to go shut my window. But yes, I'm back. (laughs) Was she yelling, I love Matt and Caroline? (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, I paid her. (laughs) (laughs) I Venmoed her $40. She was yelling, I love Matt and Caroline. I love Jules. Rude. I would never pay anyone to say that. (laughs) So we have a Damon and Elena scene. Elena got him a drink, and she's trying to make sure that he is okay. And and he is like, I'm just glad it's over. And she's like, I do not believe you. No one believed you, Damon. Yeah, she's like, I'm your friend. And friends can tell when other people are hurting. And he's like, what do you want to hear? That I cared and I'm upset? Well, I didn't and I'm not. And I'm like, shut up. 
And uh, Elena does something which made me too sad because it is illegal to do. She says, there you go, pretending to turn it off, pretending not to feel like, Damon, you're so close. Don't give up. Which to me was far too close to uh, many uh, lines in the song and company being alive where they're like, add them up, Bobby, add them up. And that is my cry trigger. So um, I was very unwell here. I don't know any of those songs. Being alive rules. uh, Highly recommend. (laughs) Damon is like, look, I feel stuff and it sucks, but this was supposed to be me. Like I was supposed to die. And Elaine is like, you feel guilty. And he says, that would be human of me, wouldn't it? But I'm not. And if you want to talk about giving up, all you've done is give up. So go home. There's been enough doom, gloom, and personal growth for one night. She agrees to leave, but she gives him a big, long hug first. Jill? (laughs) Guys... I was still recovering from Tyler and Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Nice. I mean, like, Jill is so over Damo and Elena. She's like, I'm on the Tyler and Caroline train. I don't care. I can't believe how quick Damo and Elena have died for you. (laughs) I mean, they're still there, but I I mean, that's going to be like the slow burn. And I I respect it. Mm -hmm. But like, Tyler and Caroline are giving me the drug I need right now. Okay. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Look, that is entirely your call. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, Elena goes home and Stefan's there and he's like, well, I called Isabel. And Elena's like, yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> and Stefan's like, well, I'm sorry, but I had to. Which is, did you find her? And he says, not exactly, because who's there? Uncle Father John. Which I guess maybe that's what took up his day dealing yeah. with this dickbag. Coordinating uh, travel for Jonathan Gilbert. And his Gilbert charm. Did you really pre- prefer that it was Isabel that showed up? No. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather talk to John. Honestly, when forced to choose, I'd re- rather John. Neither of them showing up, and it's just a phone call. <laughs> One sided phone call. Yeah. <laughs> what is this, the good wife? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So then we come to our our final scene, which is a real fun one. A a girl is driving alone down the woods, but she stops when she sees a man laying in the middle of the road. And she gets out, and it turns out it's Damon. Just a demo, pulling an old trick, but no crow. No crow, baby. He is lost, but uh, not that kind of lost. More of a metaphorical, existential kind of a thing. So uh, she asks if he needs help, and he says, yeah, I do. Can you help me? And he starts drinking from a flask. She's like, oh, you're drunk. (laughs) And he says, no, well, yeah, a little, maybe. And he says, please don't leave. Like, I do really need help. He compels her uh, not to move when she tries to, like, get in her car, which is very scary. She is uh, incredibly terrified and says that she doesn't want any trouble. And Damon says, neither do I, but all I got is trouble. (laughs) Good shit. This fucking rebel without a cause, motherfucker. Like, fuck off. So, uh, this turns out this girl's name is Jessica, and Damon confesses to her a big secret that he has that he's never said out loud, because he doesn't think it's going to change anything or make him a good person. But the thing is, he wants to be a human. He misses it. He misses it more than anything in the world, but that's his secret, and it is hurting him 
quite a bit. Yeah. And the thing is, he doesn't know whether or not he wants to kill Jessica. It's a very hard thing for him. He uh, calls her his existential crisis. She begs him to not kill her. And he starts crying as well. And he's like, cool, you're right. You can go. And he, you know, uncompels her and she tries to run to her car. And then he chases after her and takes a big old slurp. <laughs> Rip, Jessica. Yeah, uh, sorry, Jessica. We barely knew ye. Uh, Jill, what did you think about the slurping? What did I think about the slurping? Yeah, and the whole scene, I guess. I mean, the whole scene was fantastic. It had major Spike vibes for me, which is great. Mm-hmm. Poor Jessica. <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. And that's what happens when you help people on the, laying in the goddamn road. That's what white people do. <laughs> yeah, if you see someone laying in the road, you just turn that shit around. Go the other way. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. The height of white nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, the scene, it gets me too. Um, like I said, this is a good season for Damo uh-huh. and his emotions. And it, it continues on, like, these next few episodes also, a lot of him and his existential crisis and him talking it through. And I like it. And it's good to me. <laughs> I agree. It's really fun stuff. Like, it's fun to see him wrestle with this. And, like, that's what you sign up for when you watch this show. And for him to finally say it, obviously not to someone, like, we know he says it to Jessica. But, like, at least he finally says it and stops, like, pretending for someone. Yeah. That's a breakthrough. Yeah. I said that's why she had to die. Uh, poor Jill. Uh, baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) Next time we'll just leave someone in a coma, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I guess progress is relative. (laughs) Jill, I feel like it's time to hear some rankings. It is. Buckle in, baby. (laughs) Oh, I think I know. I think I know. (laughs) It's happening, Morgan. All right. We'll do a countdown. So at five, we have Catherine. Oh, wow. At four, we have Bonnie. (laughs) Wow. She is falling. Bonnie, you're on notice. <laughs> At three, we have Caroline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At two, we have Damo. Uh-huh. <laughs> and number one, we have my boy Tyler. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I knew it was coming, but it still killed me. <laughs> Jill, Michael's gonna lose his mind. King of my heart. <laughs> Actually, Morgan, call him in right now to let him know. <laughs> Michael, you've been requested. Oh my god. The suspense is killing me. <laughs> um, hold, please. God. And, um, Jill, you're gonna have to say the whole list from number five again, by the way. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. Hey, Ampies. Morgan here with a special guest. Michael. Hi. (laughs) So at this point in the podcast, if you cannot tell, we are extremely punchy. And we decided to invite past and future guest Michael Samuel Chasen onto the pod to hear Jill's character rankings again. But as you have already heard them, we figured we would spare you, especially because Michael's reactions are a little disappointing. He could not quite get on our level. So here he is to formally apologize. I am sorry in the future I pledge to match the energy of the show uh, whenever possible and accept that I will be uh, ruthlessly removed when I fail to do so. 
<laughs> so you heard it here first, folks. Uh, we will paste the audio at the end because I think it's pretty funny still. All right. XOXO, Gossip Girl. All right. Thank you, friend of the show, Michael Shazen. Very welcome. All right. See you later. Thank you, Michael. Right, Michael. <laughs> around the planet we both live in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, he gave me a thumbs up as he left. <laughs> I haven't even thought about crushes because I was too enthralled by the ranking from Jill. Look, I have crushes ready to go. Uh, Jules and Jules? No, might surprise you to know. For the first episode, my crush would have to be on Stefan and Catherine fucking in Catherine's dream thing. (laughs) The second one is hard, so I'm just going to call it a tie because there are no rules. And it is uh, a tie between Caroline and Rose. <laughs> uh, let's see. First episode, I'm going to go Tyler, Caroline, and all the pain and sadness that comes with that crush. Second episode, Rose and Damon, and all the pain that comes with that crush. I'm going for a, a painful crush duo uh, this time. <laughs> Tight. You're in it for the eggs. <laughs> Considering rules don't matter, for the first episode, take a while. Yes. My pick <laughs> is Caroline and Tyler. <laughs> what? And also for the second episode? <laughs> for the second episode, it is also Caroline and Tyler. <laughs> I God, I feel bad that I didn't add Elijah into my crushes, but like mm-hmm. I was going for some, some sad relationship stuff here. Elijah will have his day and has had his, He'll day. Have his day. Woof gang. Wow. <laughs> wolf gang <laughs> wolf gang wolf gang uh, we are the wolf gang the tables have turned jill has uh turned this podcast on its head jill is fully feral <laughs> i love it i love it and also i don't love it at all body ranked at number four wow wow it's her fault for trusting that man <laughs> that's what you get for trusting men <laughs> Uh, this podcast is all over the place. We hate men, but also we hate women named Jules. The not all men crowd is going to really come for us this episode. <laughs> I mean, every crowd is coming for us every episode based on everything we say. That's fair. That's a good point. We never said we were role models. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it was a, a, the Natalie Portman of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> we are the Natalie's rap of Vampire Diaries podcast. Yes. Um, so I guess before we wrap it up, so just a little teaser for the next two episodes. Um, the next episode is written by our lovely co-creators, Kevin Williamson and Julie Pleck, which usually means shit going down. <laughs> also, the next episode introduces a character I love and a character I hate. <laughs> another one? Yeah, another character I hate. Oh, man. But also another character I love. All right. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Yeah, there's there's a balance. Two wild ones, baby. They really are. They're pretty wild characters. They really are. <laughs> Definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum completely. Absolutely. And I'm excited for that. So until next time, fuck any of you who don't agree with us, um, as usual. And so you can find me on Twitter at LaFergs. Uh, I tried last time to like promote us and like say rate us on iTunes, but like, 
if you're listening to this, you can figure it out. And we're not really, I don't really think we're trying to be like podcast famous anyway. We just want to talk about the show, really. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we just want to yell about this show. And this is a great excuse to do it. So if if people listen to this and like this as a bonus, that's just gravy. I mean, yeah, we're going to do it regardless of all the hate we have decided we need to get to, <laughs> to like validate us saying we're going to fight people. I feel like we're very convinced we're going to be hated, whereas I feel like people are going to be like, okay. <laughs> I just imagine if they listen to us, they actually listen to us, they'll hate us. Fair enough. Very sorry if you hate us. <laughs> again, 10 minutes just on brass knuckles. I mean, that's, again, good content. <laughs> <laughs> us, search, us searching on the internet to find brass knuckles. Not even, like, discussing the coolness of brass knuckles. We're like, oh, we need to look for them. It's just us typing. <laughs> Again, good podcasting. You can find me on the uh, on the internet uh, on twitter.com at Lorgan Mudich. I'm probably talking about something silly. <laughs> and you can also find me on Twitter at Jilbo Baggins with two I's instead of two L's. Woo, woo, woo. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Uh, what a doozy of an episode it's been. <laughs> I can't wait to keep watching season two of the Vampire Diaries with you guys. And on behalf of the sadness of these episodes, um, right now I will be playing Cut by Plum by Morgan because that is the the, the real official theme song of the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh gosh. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good day. <laughs> I don't want to be afraid <laughs> Something, something, something <laughs> Cut by plum <laughs> Cut by plum <laughs> It's cut by plum It's cut by plum Sam Plum for Clear Skin Hello <laughs> Hi, Michael. Uh, what's going on? Um, it's time for Jill's uh, rankings for these episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. Starting from number five, coming in at number five is Catherine. Coming mm-hmm. in at number four is Bonnie. The lowest she's ever been. Wow. The lowest she's ever been. Three is Caroline. Number two, <laughs> silver medal. <laughs> Is Demo. I, I, I feel like I know uh, where we're going with this. <laughs> Coming in top here, we have my boy Tyler. Oh yeah. I mean, these were the transformation episodes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But but also, Jill has been wanting to put him at number one for a while now in this season. Last time he was number two, so it's a big moment. Pacing around the room. Tyler is her favorite character. <laughs> Are we surprised? Uh, you know, this is a great time to have Tyler as your favorite. I mean, Thank yeah. You. This is, I, I, I don't know how we'll have what, the, how I'll feel later, but you know, he's, he's, he's got good stuff going on. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs>
It's Tyler season, baby. You uh, you would have liked it. Alaric and uh, Damon were doing a scheme. They were doing a mess around this episode. Love to love the scheme. The buddies, mm-hmm. the boys. Yeah, that was that was kind of boy corners. Great, great. Well, glad to hear it. Anything else I can uh, I can do while I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> I told them your Gossip Girl opinions already. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's all we got then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>